another episode in International Airport Reviews podcast series. Currently, there are many conflicting elements affecting the air traffic management sector. For example, the coronavirus pandemic, the need to modernise the airspace, and emerging players such as drones and electric aircraft. To learn more about these disruptors, I'm speaking to Simon Hockard, Director General of Canso. The Civil Air Navigation Services Organisation is a representative body of companies that provide air traffic control, with a goal to facilitate and support improvements in global and regional air traffic management performance. Simon has experience from both Canso and Nats, and is also the chairman of the Network Management Board within the European Commission. Therefore, he is an ideal individual to speak to on the subject of air traffic management. Good morning, Simon. Thank you so much for joining me today. To begin with, I think we're going to have to mention the COVID-19 pandemic. How is Canso working to maintain the stability of the air traffic management sector during this challenging time? Good morning, Tara. Well, first and foremost, my thoughts are to those that are impacted and affected by this pandemic. Now, the aviation industry, amongst many other industries, is severely impacted, as we all know, mainly by the restrictions on passenger travel across the globe. Now, there are many actors in the aviation supply chain, all of which you know, are significantly impacted, whether that's air navigation service providers, the air traffic control companies, airports, airlines, organisations that supply technology, systems, goods. And Canso has sort of two core member sets, really, air navigation service providers and all the other companies that support those, uh, whether that's development in technology, systems, data, and so on. So uh, we cover the broad, broad spectrum. Now, our NSPs actually are required to continue to be able to deliver a continuous service throughout this. And actually, traffic numbers in Europe, there are still planes flying, interestingly enough. And if I look now, I'm currently looking at a picture of the globe. And even now, there's three and a half thousand flights in the sky. That's before North America come online. When North America come online later on this morning, then I can see that going up to five or six thousand flights across the globe. So there's still planes flying. And the reason for that is half of all the cargo that used to be transported around the world used to be in passenger flights. Now, there's no passenger flights. So actually, there's more and more cargo flights in the sky at the moment. So what are Canso members trying to do? Well, they obviously they're committed to delivering this service. That's the most important thing, whether that's food, medical supplies, helping to repatriate citizens on those passenger flights, whilst also mitigating their own financial losses. So there's three sort of things they're focused on. One is contingency planning. They are they're clipping brand new rosters to make sure that if they have staff that are unfortunately infected by the virus, they can still continue to provide that safe service to the aircraft flying in the sky. They're also business planning because their revenues are directly related to the volume of air traffic. And there's also a national planning where states and the governments are working with their neighbours, working with their national aviation plans for handling public health emergencies, etc., etc. So there's lots and lots of activity that's going on. Now, the financial stability of the ATM industry will continue to be the most important considerations, I think, uh, in the coming months. And we do need to make sure that the entire aviation industry is treated fairly to ensure stability. Now, as I said before, their revenues, ANSPs, uh, air navigation service providers, their revenues are directly related to the volume of air traffic they control. So, as a result, they're extremely vulnerable to the dramatic decrease in air traffic currently being experienced across the globe. And unlike the airlines, unfortunately, they cannot suspend operations or lay off a large portion of their staff because airspace must remain open even if operations are reduced. 
as Canzo, we're working to champion the voice of the ATM industry and advocate for its interest of governments and policymakers. Decreasing traffic, uh, as well as the potential deferral of payments, are challenging for the industry, and we're working with government institutions to help ensure that aid is given to ANSPs as well as airlines, for example. So in order to ensure the stability and demonstrate resiliency, aviation industry unity is important. The only way, and I believe this, the only way we're going to successfully navigate this crisis is if we all work together to ensure that aviation remains the safest and most efficient mode of transport. These are difficult times, but industry collaboration is, should, and will remain the cornerstone of the industry's crisis recovery plan. That's amazing. Thank you, Simon. Once the crisis and pandemic is over, or we're kind of at the tail end of that, how long do you think it will take for the aviation industry to get back to normal? There's many theories. I think if we all knew the answer to that, everybody would be asking us, I think. We're not sure. We always thought, if you look at the China crisis, where it all started and how Asia-Pacific recovered, um, there was quite a strong bounce back. And it followed a a well-known economic curve, if you like, where there's quite a V-shaped bounce back of air traffic. It's gone back down a little bit again now as the second wave has gone through in the Asia-Pacific. However, across Europe and the rest of the globe, we're not quite sure how long this trough is going to stay for. Now, when governments start to lift restrictions, you immediately have a pretty much a three-week lag, a booking lag. So, for example, if all of Europe decided tomorrow to lift all their travel restrictions, I can't see the aviation industry putting all the flights on tomorrow. They need to open up their booking systems and, and be booked. So there's around about a three-week lag there, so it would be a slow increase. Now, would it go straight back to the traffic levels that we had in the uh, beginning of February? I think it'd be a slower return to air traffic. I hope to think that it would go to 80% within a few months, but I can't predict that at the moment. Um, All we need to do is be ready for that return of traffic when it happens. Yeah, of course. So looking past the coronavirus, what is your vision for the air traffic management industry? How do you see it supporting efficient aviation further? Well, the only way that I can think is to work together. ATM, air traffic management, is the critical part of the aviation ecosystem. And... As part of that ecosystem, we can, and once we got through this crisis, we must still work together. And you'll hear me say we work together throughout this because it's so, so, so important. When we come out the other side, which we will, it become even more important to stress that aviation, the role of aviation plays in our entire society. Now, there's some pretty impressive, impressive stats which, which support that. In a normal year, there's over 65 million jobs supported by air transport. And it contributes $2.7 trillion to the global economy. That's nearly 4% of global GDP. So aviation in its entirety is massively important. So we need to protect that industry, which is so vital to global connectivity. And as the sector rebuilds in the midterm, doing so in an environmentally sustainable way will be key. Now, there's lots of talk right now, if you look at the news and things, about environmentalists talking about the positive impact our stay-at-home world is having on the environment and the reduced traffic on the roads, the reduced aircraft in the sky. So my sense is that the scrutiny of the aviation industry may heighten when we get through this. So my vision, if I put it all that together, my vision is that air traffic management industry enables people and goods to travel the world safely, quickly, affordably, predictably, and knowing that they are not impacting the environment. Now, that's quite a challenging vision. And to do that, we all need to work together as an entire industry to reduce the environmental impact of aviation, improving the efficiency of flights, introducing innovative new technologies, 
and fuels that can radically alter our carbon footprint and enable people to connect globally again in a sociably responsible way. Now, ATM supporting that efficiency is absolutely essential. Air traffic controllers and, and those that support the industry across the globe are focused on delivering, first and foremost, a safe and seamless service to all space uh, users. And once we're through this crisis, predictions for the long-term future that air traffic will double by 2036. I still think that's what happen. You know, we're, in, we're into a big dip here, but eventually traffic will return. So the ATM industry will play a vital role in, in developing innovative tools, technology and ways of working that will enable us to continue to safely handle that growth in traffic without introducing huge new costs into the system. In line with my vision is to enable aircraft to find the most efficient and flexible routes and at optimum trajectories, saving time, minimising costs and reducing CO2 emissions. Now, uh, in recent years, Canzo members uh, have worked hard to optimise operations and improve capacity. To do this, we've implemented a range of solutions. A number of examples, we're using continuous descent and climb operations that enable aircraft to climb and approach an airport more smoothly, so less of turning the engines on and off not off, that wouldn't be the right thing to do, you know, power, power on and, and less power. We're using CDM, collaborative decision-making and airport collaborative decision-making, enabling airports, ANSPs and airlines to all work together to optimise flights by sharing information on potential inefficiencies and delays on the runway and in the air, therefore saving fuel. And then we're also launching more digital remote ATC towers, enabling enhanced and remote control of air navigation services at aerodromes, improving efficiency at high traffic airports, and importantly, connectivity for remote and lesser used airports. Another few examples are system-wide information management. It's about sharing information throughout the whole of the globe, free route airspace, the shortest route possible across any government's airspace, Performance-based navigation, which uses global navigation satellite systems and computers on board to get more efficient route networks. And finding more strategic planning tools to keep the controllers more efficiently planning routes and trajectories when they're working and talking to aircraft across their airspace. All of these innovations and more will help us to safely handle the traffic when it picks up and inevitably grows in the future as efficiently as possible. That's amazing. Thank you so much. How do new entrants to the airspace affect this? Would you say they're going to have more positive or negative impacts to the industry? It's a good question. Do you know what? I'm not sure they are new entrants anymore. Uh, they've been around for a long time. But I think these entrants, such as drones, air taxis and spacecraft, it's a broad spectrum from very low to the ground to, to very high in the, in the air, will all bring enormous, huge societal benefits. Drones have the power to revolutionise many aspects of everyday life, from the way people travel, to agriculture, policing, mapping, deliveries, maintenance, asset management and construction. I could uh, and go on at what well, delivering vital medical supplies, which I think is important right now. And also, actually, in the past few weeks, we've seen drones used to police outside spaces and warn people to stay indoors uh, in some countries. So as an ATM industry, we want to play our role in helping these entrants get airborne and travel safely through our skies. There's always been new entrants in, into airspace right from the very beginning of flight. But where we started, where it first started, perhaps you could argue with balloons. Then there was engine powered flight. Then there was jet engines. Um, then there was weather balloons. Then there was spacecraft. Uh, then there was supersonic aircraft and, and so on. So over you know the last hundred years, there's been a regular introduction of new types of aircraft. So to come back to your original question, for society, they are very positive. 
There are other challenges with them, such as things like privacy, but that, I think that's probably for another conversation. So for aviation, I think it's positive. Because here's the thing. We need to make sure that they take to the sky safely. Anything that travels through the air needs to be safely separated from any of the other airborne vehicles. And the ATM industry has a huge amount of wealth and knowledge and 100 years of experience in doing just that. Combine that with these new guys, they always have fantastic new ideas and ways of thinking about doing things and, and creating what's new and possible. And I think we can all learn from one another to come up with a great solution. And the first solution we need to come up with is to, to meet the first challenge, if you like, is putting an infrastructure in place that enables safe operation in the sky. Now, that future infrastructure has a name. It's called UAS Traffic Management or UTM or U-Space. And work is underway to determine what UTM will look like. But so far, it's been developed in perhaps what I would class as a uncoordinated fashion with lots of organizations working on it. But it goes beyond just UTM and, and air navigation service providers talking to each other. We need to work across industries and across borders, importantly, to find solutions. So NSPs, regulators, states, airlines, airports, industry suppliers, drone manufacturers and operators, all of us must work together to design our future airspace. And I actually think that Canzo, and believe Canzo has a crucial role to play in this. Collaboration, as I keep saying, is the way forward. And, and some of the things we're doing in Canzo is that I'm actually delighted that several UTM organizations have joined Canzo as members, and we are working with the UTM industry to ensure that UTM is uh, interoperable with the existing ATM. We're also leading the ICAO and Urban Vehicle Steering Group to ensure regulation is appropriate and effective. And regarding space travel, we're also working with ICAO and others to safely integrate operations in and through controlled airspace for space vehicles. So we're in it, we're working with it, but it's a big challenge moving forward. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Simon. Over the last few years, how else have you seen new technologies affect air traffic management operations? I think in recent years, technology innovation has transformed the ATM industry and, and enhanced its capability to support efficient aviation in new and exciting ways. A couple of examples. First one is space-based ADSB, which is the newest development in aircraft surveillance or aircraft tracking. It enables pretty much 100% surveillance of aircraft, including over the oceans and in remote areas that were previously not covered as recently as, it is, as a couple of years ago or a year ago. It allows our navigation supervisors to safely reduce separation and improve capacity. It reduces infrastructure costs on the ground, where you don't have to install lots of power lines and radars uh, to be able to see um, aircraft flying over your country. You can use you know, the space-based technology. Uh, for the airlines, it contributes to seamless airspace by optimizing flight paths, routes and tracks, and saves significant amounts of fuel. The first space-based surveillance system developed by Kanza members Aerion, uh, Enav from Italy, Iridium, the satellite com uh, Iridium Communications satellite company, the Iris Aviation, Nats, Nav Canada and Navier, or other ANSPs, is already live and actually in operation across the North Atlantic. Another one is smart digital towers, and these are really the next generation of the air traffic control tower services. Now, this is a real shift to enable the, AV, the aviation industry to move from traditional local looking out of the window tower services at an airport to enhanced or even relocated tower services to, uh, that use augmented technology, camera and surveillance technology to provide safe, efficient and effective air traffic services. So controllers that used to be in the tower can now be sat in the room anywhere in the world 
pretty much and be able to see every single corner of an airfield even better than when they were in the tower actually on the airfield itself. The first remote tower was in Sweden in 2015 and there's been significant growth since. Another set of members, um, Avanor, Kongsberg, Indranavia, is developing capabilities for remote service provision to 15 airports from a single control center in Norway. Frequentis and DFS, the German air navigation service provider, have opened a remote tower in Leipzig in Germany. Seabridge and Hungara Control have deployed a contingency tower in Budapest. Saab and LFV currently have a further remote tower in development in Stockholm. Interesting, they just won a recent award, uh, Saab, for implementing a remote tower in, in mountains. Uh, the last one is automation. Automation is advancing the capabilities of, of air traffic controllers. Air traffic control is still, in, even this day, is a very people-orientated industry. You know, we have controllers on the ground talking to pilots in the sky. Now, automation enables more complex decision-making. The synchronization of airborne technologies with advanced ground-based systems, it improves safety, it further enhances safety through robust operation assurance, monitoring and flow management, and as I mentioned before, airport decision-making, collaborative decision-making to improve the whole efficiency of the system. It automates traditional controller functions, you know, where the controller is monitoring everything all the time. That can be done automatically. It can do conformance monitoring where controller used to um, ask the pilot, you know, turn left, had to listen to make sure that the pilot was saying the right thing and then monitor the aircraft to make sure it was doing the right thing. Some of that can now be automated. Automation is being increasingly used to optimize overall ATC performance and deliver enhanced safety service, operational and also commercial benefits. So in other words, lots of stuff is happening, has happened in the last quite a few minimum years in terms of 100 years of air traffic control. Yeah, most definitely. And then on the other hand, in the next few years coming, how do you predict new technologies will impact ATM? Is there any particular technologies that are on your radar to be a disruptor? Yeah, there are. There's a few coming. The ones I've already mentioned are still developing. So I think they will still have a very positive impact. But there's some of them beyond the actual the boundaries of what I would call normal air traffic management ATM. One's blockchain. People talk about blockchain a lot. And blockchain has many possible applications because really it's about, you know, secure information sharing. And I mentioned before about SWIM, the system, system-wide information management across the whole of the global ATC network. And if we can use blockchain to really enhance that, including billings and settlements and information sharing that, that's secure, then that has the potential to really radicalize how information is transformed or transferred uh, around around the globe. Uh, so that's one. Big data. Now, big data is used by airlines, airports, and it's starting now to be used by ESPs to analyze operational environmental information and make better use of the airspace. Because using big data, actually, you can start to become into more predictive analytics. So what I would love to be able to say, and I'm sure everybody, everybody who's listening would like to be able to say, they're going to book a flight on the, the third Thursday in September, and there's a guarantee that it will get airborne on time. There'll be no doubt about it. And using predictive analytics, we should be able to start to be able to give that assurance, that consistency, and that predictability to aviation. And then the last one is artificial intelligence. Now, that's a huge subject all by itself. But actually, it can help to process large amounts of data really fast and really accurately. It can be used to make it easier for accurate to predict and avoid situations that could become critical or even safer, even more efficient operations, but also with the increased capacity and throughput, both in the airspace and at the airports. 
Now, for example, as an example of that, Indra, a Spanish company, has a looking glass project at London Heathrow Airport, is using AI and mixed reality to improve the design of air routes in an approach stage to reduce fuel consumption. That will save emissions, it will reduce noise, and it's a real positive project, and it's using all data that it possibly has to be able to make that happen. So that's three examples. I'm sure there's many more. As technology improves faster and faster and faster, ATM will try and benefit as much as possible from that in a safe way. Amazing. Thank you, Simon. Another exciting project, the UK is focusing on an airspace modernisation plan, reviewing and amending the flight paths. Do you think other regions need to consider this too? Yes, is a simple answer, and they are. So council members work closely with states and regulators to help them determine the best air traffic management solutions for each country and territory. And recently, as a number of forward-thinking ANSBs in Europe have, all, have already been working on national airspace strategies. Back at the end of 2018, the first strategy in Poland and Italy were published, for example, with the support from their governments. France, Spain and Bulgaria have recently publicly announced that they will develop their own national airspace strategy. And other European ASBs are in discussions to start similar planning. Now, it's not just Europe. A lot of the benefits of those are yet to be realised, but it's not, it's not just Europe. Um, in China, the Air Traffic Management Bureau of the Civil Aviation Administration of China Chinese air traffic control plans to deliver industry leading airspace management through airspace organization and management, collaborative flow management, civil military cooperation, performance based services, and, and so on. Now, China is massive in terms of its air traffic growth, so that's a huge national airspace strategy that they're embarking on. And then another one, just to mention that another part of the world in South America. Brazil, Argentina, Mexico and Colombia have airspace restructuring projects in place with Brazil also supporting adjacent countries of Paraguay, Uruguay and Argentina. So there's a real regional effort going on in that part of the world. So it's a long answer to say other regions do need to think about it as air traffic starts to, well, after this crisis, will come back and start to grow. And many of them are. It's an exciting time. I agree. It's it's a fast-moving industry in terms of as connectivity becomes easier, then actually air traffic management needs to become as innovative as possible to be able to meet the demands of the travelling public and therefore the airlines, whilst always maintaining safety, because air travel is still the safest form of travel that there is. And a big part of that is down to everybody involved in, in aviation, which includes air traffic management, and, and we're very proud of that. Yeah, most definitely. So to conclude, Simon, as the global and regional voice of ATM, what advice do you have for air traffic controllers, airports, ANSPs, other stakeholders during this time and as the industry continues to develop? During this time, well, as we said, we're in crisis right now. So my advice to everybody is to work together. We're in this together. We need to get through um, these difficult times. When we return to, to growth, we should make sure that we all are involved in the recovery plans and we recover in a consistent and coordinated way. I think that's really, really important. Outside of the crisis, passenger numbers will have and will fluctuate. As I said before, I still think the doubling in the next 20 years, that still remains um, consistent. We need to work together. We must collaborate. We must innovate, continue to innovate power of new technology it changes every day and gets better every day and we need to embrace opportunities from places like the new entrants the companies that think very differently do not have the legacy of a hundred years of development and therefore can think differently have the freedom to come up with new ideas we need to learn from them as i said before we need to work together 
To our states, governments and regulators, I would highlight the critical contribution the aviation industry delivers to both the global society and economy, and therefore stress the importance of safeguarding and supporting this vital industry. Just as the industry has provided 100 years of high-quality service to the fine public, so too must aviation stakeholders step up and show their support for a truly resilient, reliable and valuable industry of and for the future. Ultimately, aviation is one of the critical enablers of connectivity and commerce, and the industry and its stakeholders around the world all have an important part to play in working together to shape the future of our skies. And I'm proud that Canso offers a clear platform for this. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Simon. That was, that was really, really informative and extremely interesting. My pleasure. Thank you very much. That concludes this podcast episode. Simon's vision for the air traffic management industry is very interesting, and it was good to hear about how Canzo is acting to protect the sector from COVID-19 and the other disruptors we face. Let me remind you that this podcast and all previous episodes are available on our website, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Whilst you listen, double check you have subscribed to receive a free copy of our magazine and join us on our social media channels. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. I look forward to the next one.